Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and today on the show, we're going to talk about a, a couple of things. I don't have a um, original piece that I, I, I'm going to share today, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about the Xbox pre-orders. We're going to talk some about the buyout of Bethesda by Microsoft, a little bit of Marvel news, a little bit of uh, DC news. We're going to kind of take a take a quick peek back uh, to the DC fandom that happened at the end of end of August. But to start us off, uh, the Xbox Series X and Series S was available for pre-order on the 21st. I believe that was Tuesday. That was uh, earlier on this week. And if you were like me, you you could not get a hold of a pre-order. Unfortunately, a lot of people could not get a hold of a pre-order. And it was kind of funny in the way that it happened, in the way that it played out, because PlayStation, uh, they, they put their pre-orders up, and then a couple of retailers got away with it and was like, and was like, <laughs> uh, a couple of retailers, they kind of jumped the gun and said, oh, by the way, PlayStation 5s are available now, get yours. And it was kind of a shit show. And it, it later had PlayStation or Sony apologizing for the mess that it was in getting those, in getting those pre-orders made. So Xbox, not to be outdone by PlayStation 5, or to more specifically outdo PlayStation 5, they decided that they were going to say, nope, we are going to release it at uh, this time, and these are the retailers, and this is the date, and you're not going to be mixed up. You'll know exactly when you'll be able to pre-order an Xbox. And so all's well that ends well, right? That, that pre-thought, that pre-planning should have been enough to make any pre-order event go very smoothly, one would think, right? Well, one would be wrong, because it did not go smoothly. I've never pre-ordered anything before. I've always just found the machine out in the wild. And so this is my first experience pre-ordering. Pre-ordering, I got up early, and I... Uh, I got I, I I got on Amazon. I got on the Best Buy. Made made sure I opened up a couple couple tabs there. And when the well, I was we were going to do a podcast. Anthony and I we were going to uh, podcast this pre order event together and kind of experience the nonsense that it was as as a family. Unfortunately, uh, Anthony slept in. He didn't sleep in. <laughs> He just wasn't on his Skype, um, but we were unable to uh, to get together. But I had all this recording equipment set up already, so I I captured some of my Xbox Series pre order disappointment on camera. So uh, <laughs> if you would, Marv, roll that beautiful bean footage. All right, here it is. Big day. <clears throat> I've got uh, Amazon window tab. 
<laughs> Got an Amazon tab open on my computer. I've got a Best Buy tab opened on my computer. Woke up at 6.30. Just to be in time to get my hands on an Xbox Series X. It is the 22nd of September. And I'm buying a thing that I will not even see at least until the 10th of November. I got my phone. I've texted uh, Anthony. I've sent him a message on Skype. It appears he has not awoken for the event. Or he just doesn't have his phone. Or he just doesn't want to talk to me. Or his gambling addiction has sent him spiraling into debt in a way that he can no longer afford even the simple Xbox Series S. Who's to say? Not me. Not me. I'm not, I'm not here to say. I'm just a guy waiting online for the next three minutes to pass at 6.57. So I can get my hands, my digital hands, on an Xbox. See, the Best Buy website is it's pretty good because it it's got an actual landing page for the Series X and the Series S. I'm putting all of my all of my little acorns into the Best Buy basket and the Amazon basket. So Best Buy has like I said, it's got a landing page for the Series X and the Series S. Remember, I want both. <laughs> I want one of each right now. Um, Amazon has no such landing page. I don't know if it's different for Amazon. If they maybe just maybe they publish their landing page um, the same time as when it releases. Okay, so it's seven o'clock, the time of the <laughs> of the Xbox launch. There is no the, uh, Amazon. There is not even an Xbox Series X. Ooh, there we go. Oh heavens! This Scarlet Nexus, the game. I can buy a game for a console that I don't have. 8 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time. Microsoft Store, Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop, Walmart, Target, Sam's Club, Newegg, and other participating re retailers. Well, sir, this is going to break your heart, but I'm on Amazon right now, and there is a no Xbox Series X to be found. Okay. So I found a uh, landing page, and it's all advertisement on Amazon. All advertisement. Yes, yes, I know. I know. I, you don't have to sell it to me. Stop. Should I go feed my horse? 
then <laughs> come back. Should I come back and get it? An elite controller is $179. That's too much for a controller. Come on. I mean, I guess if you want to be the best of the best, you'll get it. Ah. I should get some wireless headphones someday. That'd be nice. I'll be tethered. Go where I want. I guess I'll, uh, I'll take a dump and come back and see if it's online. Okay, so on a whim, I just tried to uh, check out Walmart. And Walmart apparently is already out of stock. Amazon doesn't, I mean, they do have a landing page, but it's not ready to, to buy. Best Buy, I have reloaded it several times, it is not ready to, to sell it to me either. <laughs> so that was me, trying unsuccessfully to order an Xbox Series X. I think what I, I I went to Amazon and Amazon didn't even have a launch page for it. Best Buy had a launch page that said coming soon. So as the time was ticking up closer to the pre-order time, it just said coming soon. And then pre-order time came. And it it still said coming soon. And it wasn't until like an hour hour 15 after that official pre-order time that it went live where you could actually click the pre-order button and I did and I got a series X in my cart and I got a series S in my cart just like I said I had planned to do perfect nothing could be going better and I went to check out and Best Buy said well you can't check out you fool we're experiencing a high volume right now uh, please try again in a few minutes so I waited a little bit, I tried to check out again, and it said there was nothing in my cart. So I went back to the Series X on the Best Buy page, and <laughs> I clicked on the pre-order button, it said, I'm sorry, you already have one of these in your cart, and they're limited to one only. What's a boy to do? I thought I didn't, I thought I couldn't buy, and so I, I finally got it in my cart again, it reloaded the page, and Best Buy and I went through this song and dance for probably 20 minutes until one time when I clicked on the pre-order button and, and tried to get it in my cart again, it said it was out of stock. So, <laughs> so that was a nightmare. I went to Amazon who finally had the launch page, but when I went to the launch page, they also said they were out of stock. There were a couple pages that I went, went to that uh, said they were offline, they were experiencing errors uh, to try back again later. And this experience was not exclusive to yours truly. I mean, this was this was the event. This was everybody going <laughs> going through the motions and trying to get one of these Series Xs, but unable to. And I have a uh, I've got the Xbox pre-order hashtag queued up on Twitter right now, and so it's I don't know. It's just it's pretty funny. The uh, IGN uh, Twitter account, they, they posted, how's everyone's Tuesday morning going so far? Um, and then they've got a page, of uh, a picture of a broken website on there. 
the uh, there's a bunch of people on there that are are naming off places like where they're still available, and it was just this game of hide and seek, um, kind of a uh, scavenger hunt, if you will, online to find one of these things, find one of these pre-orders. I thought for a minute I had found one at Sam's Club, but unfortunately. It was out of stock. Well, because I didn't have an account at Sam's Club, so I had to then make an account. But I didn't expect I'd have to go to Sam's Club to get it. Uh, Terry Tarones on Twitter, uh, he says, went to pre-order an Xbox Series X. Amazon, not working. Microsoft, crash. Target, hypnotized into thinking my cart is empty. WM, oh, must be Walmart, is sold out. Best Buy, coming soon, and can't pre-order WTF. Uh, Zach Gage says, Wow, this Xbox pre-order situation is such a mess that GameStop is literally just trying to defend its own servers by claiming you're in a queue, and please don't refresh or you'll lose your spot. And he says, but look at the page source, and I'm not smart enough to understand. Robots refresh. Oh, maybe it's refreshing itself. <laughs> That's hilarious. Fellas, if you didn't pre oh, if she didn't pre-order the new Xbox for you today, she's not the one. I couldn't agree more, Mr. Chad Johnson. So a lot of people frustrated, and then some uh there's some victory stories on here as well of people who actually were able to get the Xbox. But not myself. Uh Anthony didn't get one either. Uh, he could talk a little bit more about his experience. My brother, uh, who was also in on this kind of pre-order madness, he didn't get one either. None of us got a <laughs> none of us got a Series S or a Series X. So, you know, the the internet and the and the hype behind these systems and the coronavirus that has us all uh, spending a lot more time at home playing games is, well, maybe it just saved me a few a few dollars. Oh, hi, Duchess. Get up there. Get up there, you. There you go. Enjoy yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. Series X for me, not yet, not yet. I, 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 one of one of the my fondest memories when it comes to gaming is um, when we were waiting outside of the store in line for my brother's Wii. He wanted to buy a Nintendo Wii, and I think I've told the story before. But we brought a couch into the line, and we had, you know, some some spiked hot chocolate. We had a hell of a time. There were like eight of us going to buy this one Nintendo Wii, so that was pretty fun. But in other big uh, Microsoft news, though I didn't get a pre-order, I was very delighted to hear on Monday morning that Microsoft had purchased uh, Zinimax, which is the, the, the parent company to Bethesda. Um, they entered into an agreement to purchase Zinimax for $7.5 billion dollars. That's a lot of billions of dollars. I, I think Mojang, uh, they were purchased by Microsoft for, it was either 3 or $3.5 billion. The creators of Minecraft, maybe it was $2.5 billion. Anyway, that's a, a lot of a lot of money for old Notch there. Um, 
But that means now, and admittedly, uh, again, full disclosure here, I am uh, an, an X Xbox boy or an X-bot, as uh, some of the people online are calling us. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of the system, but there are now over 20 games, not 20 games, not 20 game studios that represent the Microsoft Game Studios. And that, you know, PlayStation aficionados always claim, hey, there's no exclusives on Xbox. Hey, there's no exclusives on Xbox. But with that many game studios in the last two years, there's going to be games on Xbox. Uh, with the potential for massive uh, exclusivity as well. And the studios um, under the ZeniMax flag that are now under the Microsoft Game Studios flag are id software who made uh doom uh bethesda game studios that of course they made fallout and the elder scrolls um arcane studios which made uh dishonored and death loop and then machine games uh that made the wolfenstein games uh and the the interesting things uh about death loop in particular and Another one, Ghostwire Tokyo, which I didn't realize was Bethesda. I thought it was Square Enix for some reason. But presently, Bethesda had a deal with PlayStation 5 that Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop would be PlayStation 5 exclusive games. So, uh, at least timed exclusive games, I think. And, and definitely now that... Um, de definitely now that... Um, Microsoft has has purchased Bethesda. They'll be uh, timed at the very least exclusive games. But uh, Phil Spencer said that those deals would be uh, respected. They would be honored, and they would still be exclusive uh, content. Uh, and most likely, if you're Microsoft, you know they said that they would review um, other games on a case by case uh, basis. But they also said, Phil Spencer said, that um, Bethesda is going to launch its next exclusive, Starfield, on the Xbox and PC. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but they did leave out PlayStation on that announcement. And, you know, like I said, other new games on a case-by-case case case, uh, basis. But, you know, like I said, micro Minecraft is still on PlayStation. And so, <laughs> gosh dang it, if Xbox can make money off of PlayStation, folks, I, I don't want to make the mistake of thinking that Microsoft is some benevolent corporation. They're a corporation. They're out to make money. But a lot of the things that they have done to include Game Pass have, have seemed like they've felt like a, a real, I don't know, a lot of very consumer-friendly things that they've done. Like, like Game Pass, like the day one, like the all-access with the, the ability to, uh, you know, put that Series X on your credit card, which... 
Dave Ramsey wouldn't like, but I think it's a great deal if you want to uh, if you want to get in for cheap, <laughs> at least right away. Um, new Bethesda games are also going to be released on on day one on Game Pass as well now. So that's I have Game Pass. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay for Fallout Five. It's uh, it's funny seeing the memes online because now Obsidian and Bethesda are owned by Microsoft, and so I think I talked about it on the show last week how Obsidian and New Vegas, um, and and Bethesda said no, no, you can't make any more uh, New Vegas games now that they're both under owned by uh, Microsoft Game Studios. Perhaps, and some of the chatter says the same on the internet, we'll be seeing a new Vegas 2 to maybe explore some of that California lore uh, from the first from the first game. There is over 15 million paid subscribers for Game Pass. And so that's a lot, that's a lot of eyeballs who can get into your game just because they have the subscription service uh, right away. And so it's got to be exciting for a game studio to go, okay, I've got an automatic 15 million install. And I know not all of their games are for everybody, but some of their games are. And so if even half of that, if even you get a, a cool 7 million uh, right out of the gate that are going to play your game, I mean, that's got to be a good feeling. I mean, Anthony and I do this podcast I'm working on a book. I've done YouTube channels. It's nice when there are creative, there's there's eyes on your creative things that you do, that you make, that you put time and effort and heart and soul into, that there's going to be people looking at that stuff and playing that stuff. And I know money's a big part of it, but man, that's got to be a cool, cool feeling for Bethesda as well. And I watched uh, a YouTuber... Alana Pierce, and she was talking about Game Pass, and something that I hadn't really thought about, I mean, I thought about my own wallet, but it it's really a good deal for lower income families that can't afford three or four, you know, triple A games a year and have to really be selective in what games they pick up to play. I I am fortunate, Anthony is fortunate. Um, the people in, in my circles that I play games with can't afford, you know, to play games. Uh, but gaming really is a lot, a luxury hobby, like, uh, Alana said. So I don't know. I just think that this buyout, uh, as much as I go, mm, Monopoly, maybe at the same time, I'm also like, yeah, it's like the Disney Fox buyout. Like, I'm like, oh no, Disney owns one third of the of the uh, entertainment industry. Yay, as well. <laughs> uh, and one more thing about games before I move on to some entertainment stuff. Uh, in all of this Bethesda buyout by Microsoft, there apparently was a rumor back in April that picked up some steam again this last week because... Xbox announced a slick-looking blue controller, and 
people on the internet are taking that as to mean this blue controller is an early indicator that Microsoft is not done with their buying spree, which I agree with. I don't think that they're finished yet, but it's an early indicator that their next acquisition is going to be Sega. What? That would be insane. And the blue controller, they're linking to uh, the Sonic franchise, and so that's why they're thinking, well, the next one's going to be Sega. So time will tell. Uh, maybe next week we will we'll be giving you more information about um, Microsoft's next pur purchase of Sega, <laughs> Sega Games. Uh, talking a little bit about uh, Marvel news, uh, it's going to break your guys' heart. You probably already know, you probably already heard, but um, Black Widow has been delayed again, unfortunately. it uh, It's now set to release May 1st, 2021. Uh, and that's a move up or move back. Back would be forward in time uh, from its, its newest uh, launch date, which was November 6th. And... I've had a lot of good conversations with Anthony about this, but I've had a lot of good conversations uh, with my friend Casey about this too. And she is of the mindset that a move like this, where they delay releasing Black Widow so they can release her into theaters, is the right move to make. Uh, she says, you know, Natasha Romanoff was cheated in... Um, Infinity War, where her sacrifice was made and she was just written off and she didn't get to have a funeral. And I agree about all that, but she deserves a theatrical release. And I agree with that too, if it was normal times, but I am also a selfish man. And I, I think that she should be released on to Disney+. And this delay as well has also given uh, a credence, I think, and vindication, I think, of, of my theory, the reason they put Mulan on Disney+, Plus, but not Black Widow, is because they didn't think Mulan was going to be profitable. As profitable as Black Widow. Because if they have a Marvel movie that they've got in their pockets, well, they think it's going to make them some money. So they want to get all the bang for their buck. They're going to get it on Disney+, Plus eventually. Um, if it's delayed again... Do you think it'll be put on Disney Plus as a premiere access show? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I just don't think Disney has a lot of faith in their live-action Disney remakes like I talked about last week. Uh, so this move to move Black Widow is also going to move out uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings uh, from February uh, now to July 9th, so for a few months. And the Eternals will then also be pushed out um, and be released in in November of next year. Man, that's a big Disney drought. Not a Disney drought, a Marvel drought. I guess Disney too, really. Um, I would love to see some Disney Plus shows, but where are the Disney Plus shows? Although... Uh, a new trailer was just released for WandaVision. <laughs> and Wanda and Vision, Wanda and Vision, Scarlet Witch and Vision, to me, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a creepy relationship 
Vision is like an old man. I know he's a robot in the movies, but he's like played by an older man. And then Scarlet Witch is like a younger, and like the age difference, I don't know, it just feels very statutory to me. <laughs> but the new trailer was awesome, and I, I though, am not familiar, I, I haven't read the, the comics that it's supposed to be based off of, but I, I guess there was a comic arc uh, called House of M, where the Scarlet Witch had a... She had a breakdown, like a nervous breakdown, and she started killing off heroes because in the comics, she's much more powerful than she is in the movies, or at least as she was in the movies. I don't know if they're they're moving toward that, but, but maybe they are. And she had a breakdown. She killed a few mutants. She changed reality to protect herself and got everyone sucked into a new reality where everyone was happy and like... Logan, the Wolverine, was uh, the head agent of, of S.H.I.E.L.D., and um, everyone, it's just kind of an idyllic lifestyle, and then they broke out of this kind of trance that they were in, and some people realized that this reality was not the reality that it was meant to be, but the new trailer for WandaVision, it, it's hitting some of those same notes, and so I'm very excited for WandaVision, where I wasn't before, and I don't know if that's just based on the relationship of the two two leads, but it's like a it's like a classic I Love Lucy style sitcom in parts, but then it's got these strange fantastical elements to it as well, and it also is supposed to segue into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um. With this drought of uh, Marvel movies, with this absence of Marvel movies in the theater, I mean, no one's going to the theater for most things right now, but with this drought, do you think there's a point, there's there's a time where audiences lose interest for the Marvel brand, for the MCU? Because because the MCU hit in this period where readers of the comic books and uh, people who were children watching the old cartoons and uh, it, they've all grown up and it's right in this honey spot that that allows uh, Disney and Marvel to really cash in on that nostalgia. And now the trick is going to be, of course, to get young people hooked on these characters as well so they can keep these uh, franchises going, you know, to infinity and beyond. But if there's a too big of a gap, will they lose that ability to hook? And will all those people who are feeling the nostalgia, well, will they, uh, will they stop feeling the nostalgia, I guess? Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I'm still going to be hyped for them. Um, that's... They're, they're my bread and butter when it comes to the theater. But with the, the changes in Black Widow and the Eternals um, in Shang-Chi, don't forget the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I hope they do do correctly because, though I, again, didn't read about it in the comics, I, I think reading about it on the wiki where uh, Tony Stark had, there's like a, there's a dragon? 
that was supposed to be one of Iron Man's greatest uh, enemies, and I don't. He was represented by the ten, ten Rings, or they. He was a deity that they worshipped, or something. So hopefully they're going to be bringing that back around. And they did a Marvel short, can't remember what it was called, All Hail the King, I think, where they met up with uh, the Mandarin in prison and threatened his life or took his life. I can't can't recall. Uh, so I think they've already retconned it a little bit, but I think they're hopefully going to continue and, and do it justice, do a, a better job this time. But those delays of those movies are not, at this point, pushing back other Phase 4 movies of the MCU. Spider-Man 3 is it's still set for December 2021. Thor Love and Thunder is uh, supposed to drop in February 2022. And followed by Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in March 2022. Black Panther 2 in May of 2022. And I'm really interested to see how they write out T'Challa. And, and where they're going to go with the plot. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, he did share his battle with Disney. How early he did that, uh, I'm not sure. But surely they've got something in the hopper to do a good and respectful uh, sending off of that character. While at the same time doing a a Black Panther 2 justice to, to live up to the first one. Because like I said, the first one was a cultural phenomenon. It was huge. So hopefully they get both of those things um, right. They, they make a good synergy and they do it correctly. Uh, and then Captain Marvel is going to be uh, July 2nd of 2022. So that means we're going to have four... Marvel movies in 2022. I mean, if nothing else changes. Um, oh shoot! I mean, I guess that's yeah. We're gonna have we're gonna have four in 2021 as well. Uh, if nothing else changes, but if they're delayed again, maybe they will be. Gosh, they need to just put them on Disney Plus. We're gonna have such a backlog of Marvel movies that we're going to be dead before we get into any of the really good ones, before they fight Galactus and they introduce the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Come on! Get with it, Disney. Show up. And the uh, the last thing that I, I wanted to, to talk about a little bit today um, was the DC fandom. I know this is kind of old news. It's like a month old. It happened at the end of August. But we wanted to make sure that uh, we touched touched on it here at Culture Jacked. Um, it was an all digital event in the age of coronavirus. Uh, it had 22 million views, uh, which is pretty, pretty dang impressive for a, a 24 hour event. And this was a show that DC felt like they needed to have in absence of an event like the San Diego Comic Con that was canceled. I guess the New York Comic Con is still happening or has happened. Um, but we'll see how that see how that goes when it goes. Um, but they needed a, a, a outlet to showcase their creative endeavors. And so they, they dropped a few ones. They dropped a trailer for uh, the Gotham Knights. It is a a lot of people were getting this confused because this is not one of the Arkham series Batman games. This is a 
multiplayer kind of brawler. It looks like a live service game, which I got to tell you, my patience is getting thin with those types of games, the Destinies and the Anthems, and more recently, Marvel's Avengers, and now the Gotham Knights, I'm assuming. The live, the live service games, uh, I don't know, they just feel like such a cash grab, and they oftentimes are not equal to the hype that they receive and they just kind of they let you down as well uh so that was announced uh zach's not i know anthony's gonna be happy he, he we actually talked about this already so i know he's excited about it zach snyder's justice uh league is going to premiere on hbo max and so they dropped a trailer for it and they some people said it was maybe a little up their own ass to be playing the Hallelujah song during the trailer, but Zack Snyder, he uh, doesn't give a single fuck. Um, it's going to be on HBO Max. It's going to be four one-hour-long episodes. So, I mean, his original cut was not four hours, guaranteed. And the guys on Internet Today talked about it as well. But if you're going to make a Justice League movie and have it hyped up as much as the Snyder Cut has been hyped up, and you're going to have the ability to shoot reshoots for that movie, is it even still, one, the same movie, and two, how can you fail at a Justice League movie that you have the benefit of hindsight and critical and audience reaction from? I don't think you can. I don't I don't think it's possible, but... We'll see. I I still haven't watched the original Justice League. Saw part of it on a plane. It lagged out, and I didn't care to finish it later. So hopefully this will be good. But I also don't have HBO Max, so you know that that could be a real problem. <laughs> uh, they also dropped a trailer for uh, the Batman with Robert Pattinson, and who has coronavirus. The production had to stop on that on that movie because he. Uh, he got the coronavirus. I guess he's recovered from it now, or is recovering from it now. But we haven't lost him before he was able to start his his Batman career, so that's good. And in that trailer, they've got uh, the Riddler. The Riddler's the main villain of the trailer. I believe the Penguin is going to be in it as well. But it looks good, man. I mean, Robert Pattinson looks like he does a good Batman based on the one or two scenes that we got to see him in, in the movie. He, <laughs> he whoops some dude's ass on the street. And, uh, he said he was the darkness or something. Uh, Christian Bale's the night and Pattison's the darkness and Affleck's the alcoholic <laughs> drug addict. I don't know what his poison is. I know he's been to rehab a bunch of times. Uh, he, is going to be coming back as Batman for the Flash movie. And Michael Keaton is also going to be coming back for the Flash movie as well. That's going to be cool because they're doing like multiverse stuff and I, I'm very excited to see that, to see that show. They released in the DC fandom a... Uh, kind of a teaser trailer. Maybe I guess it was an announcement trailer 
for a Suicide Squad game, uh, Kill the Justice League is the subtitle on that one, but it is, this one is in the Arkham universe. This one is done by the same folks that did, uh, you know, Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham Knight, and Batman Arkham City, I want to say, which is funny because the game looks like a, who are the guys that did Spider-Man on, on PlayStation 4? Insomniac. The game looks like a Insomniac game, at least from at least tonally. Like a, it gives me a very Sunset Overdrive feel on this one. But regardless, it looks like it, it's going to be fun. There's no gameplay in it. It just the Suicide Squad doing their thing, killing some bad guys. Uh, what's that one guy controls people's minds? I forget, but it looks like he's controlling Superman and Superman's going to be the main villain in the game, or at least one of the villains until they convince him not to. Who was, uh, it was, uh, I was listening to the Bombcast maybe, but they were talking about if you're going to, if you're going to do a kill the Justice League subtitle, just make them bad guys. Just make, make the character, make the player play as bad guys killing the Justice League. Don't don't cop out. Don't do it half-assed and go, oh, well, the Justice League are just being mind-controlled right now. Uh, just go full in on it and, and make them, uh, you know, kill Superman and pull out Green Lantern's teeth and trip up the Flash or whatever, whatever they're going to do. That was really a dark example. I'm sorry for it. Um, there was a, a trailer, another trailer, shown off for Wonder Woman 1984, which was pretty dang cool. It showed uh, Cheetah in her in her full CG uh, glory, Kristen Wiig's character in the in the show. And I was worried about this from the other trailer where it showed Kristen Wiig and then she was like in a leopard print dress and I was like oh no they're trying to ground a superhero move don't ground them let them be fantastical let them be super they're gonna put her in a leopard print dress and call her the cheetah and they're gonna say she's the cheetah because she wears leopard print and she jumps around but no they had her decked out she was furred up and the CG looked good in it oh it looked good the first Wonder Woman was such an amazing amazing movie but uh, I'm very excited, excited for this one. Oh, and uh, the dude, I can't even remember the dude's name, uh, uh, Gal Gadot's romantic interest in the movies. He wears a fanny pack. That's pretty funny. There was a trailer that was kind of, it wasn't really a trailer. It was kind of a behind-the-scenes look at the production of the Suicide Squad movie uh, by James Gunn. And, Man, there's a lot of villains in it. And Flula, a YouTube personality, he's in the in the movie. There's the the Rainbow Dot Man. Uh, the King Shark is going to be in it. That's going to be so cool. I cannot I cannot wait. One of the characters in it, uh, played by John Cena, is going to be a character named Peacemaker. And Peacemaker, as described by John Cena, and I don't know anything about this character. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm a big fan of this stuff, but I I'm not an avid comic book reader, or I haven't been. Like I've been I've been buying up uh, some omnibuses when I can afford it, but 
I don't know the entire lore of all the all the comic books, so I oftentimes have to wiki it. I have to wiki this peacemaker character. But John Cena described him as a like a douchey Captain America, and so it was just announced that John Cena as this character peacemaker is getting his own DC spinoff on HBO Max. It's going to be an eight episode series that is directed by James Gunn himself, who apparently decided uh, to, to make this thing while he was bored because he's inside um, because of COVID and quarantine. So that <laughs> that's really funny. I Man, I like it that he's not like a... Like, he's not a main popular hero or a main popular, I guess, villain in this case, anti-hero. What, I don't know what he'd be. He's not... A Flash character. He's not a Superman. He's not a Green Lantern or a Batman. He's this like side character, but he's getting his own show. And so if anything shows you that comic book uh, culture and nerd culture has so permeated itself into, into society, into, into culture, it's that characters like Peacemaker are getting his own his own show. And that's pretty, pretty dang impressive. I think it's pretty good. I just realized that my, uh, my laundry has been in this entire show. I'm going to do it today. Knock it off. Don't even, this is a, this is kind of a test. I'm doing a, a, a video for those of you listening on the podcast. I'm doing a, a video to showcase Maybe some clips of the podcast, maybe the podcast in its entirety on a YouTube channel or something like that. We'll see how it turns out. We'll see if this beautiful buttery voice trans translates to a beautiful buttery uh, image or video uh, here here later. But I'm very excited for the Peacemaker thing. They debuted uh, the Flash's new costume, uh, so no no trailer, no sneak peek, nothing on uh, the Flash movie yet. Uh, but I am excited about that one because it's going to do multiverse stuff. And I think multiverse and alternate timelines and dimension bending shit is just cool. Uh, Black Adam, they had like a teaser for Black Adam, but it was kind of garbage, to be honest, in my opinion. Even though the Shazam movie was looking, I mean, it was real good. And so introducing his arch nemesis in his own movie series before pairing them up to do battle is an awesome idea and I very much look forward to the the movie but it was like this animated short that was narrated by Dwayne Johnson and so it's just I don't know it didn't do anything to get me hyped for the movie I'll albeit I'm already hyped you can't you can't ultra hype a hype beast can you but I'm I am (laughs) and Netflix has a Sandman series in production so just like Peacemaker I got to look up this Sandman character and see what they did is it like the the fairy tale characters? He put people to sleep, or is he like uh, the Marvel Spider Man villain, where he, you know, is made of sand, or is he like the Naruto side character Gara, where he controls sand? L- these are all questions that I know you have, that I have as well, that are important to all of us, but I just I just can't answer right now. Uh, <laughs> With all this DC stuff, and the, the DC fandom was very well appreciated, the the term broke the internet gets thrown around too loosely, in my opinion, but it was very viral uh, at the end of August when it, when it did transpire, 
And so I got to ask Anthony, and this is, this is my, I've asked a lot of questions in this one. You can answer as many or as few as you want, but I do have a legit question uh, for you, Anthony, and uh, for you, anyone that's listening or watching. Um, do you think the DCEU is making a comeback? I mean, they had a couple of bombs, a couple of stinkers. Even I, DC's number one fanboy, will admit. But with Aquaman and Shazam and Wonder Woman, and it looks like the new direction this Batman is going in with the Suicide Squad helped by James Gunn, are they making a comeback? You're you're not seeing these movies uh, announced with a lot of team-ups anymore. They're all single character or just, you know, one or two character driven, driven movies. Did they learn their lesson? Finally, I Marvel did it, you know, great. They did origin stories for Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and then they put them all together in the team up movie, the Avengers. DC tried to jump the gun, the James gun, <laughs> and put them all into one movie right away. And that was obviously the wrong, wrong choice. So now that they're just doing these solo movies, do you feel like DC, the DCEU, I think it's called something else now, just the DC Universe, DCU? I don't know what it's called. It's called something else now, I think. There's a new official name for it. Do you think they're going to instead move away from team-up movies entirely? Or you think they're just gonna just gonna try and do it the right way? I think they're making a comeback. I think they're they're doing very well. I say comeback, but these movies are making at the very least like above six hundred, seven hundred million dollars a pop when they're in theaters, when the theaters are open, but uh not right now. So it's not like they're unsuccessful, just in the minds and the hearts of the fans who were so disappointed by the Justice League and so disappointed by Batman versus Superman is the is the DCEU coming back? That's my question. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. So make sure um to to like the podcast, to subscribe to the podcast in in places where you can subscribe to it, in places where you can leave a comment about it. Uh do that. It helps it it lets us engage with you, gives us the feedback, but it also engages those platforms' algorithms and helps us grow and reach new audiences. So subscribe, like it, share it with your friends. Uh, but do stay tuned because on Monday, Anthony's got another fresh episode of the Monday Madness Show for you. And I hope everyone out there has a good weekend. Uh, cheers. <laughs>